0: What's happening, everybody? I want to welcome you back to another episode of the stage is yours. Now, normally, I have I have friends on here that have like other podcasts. Like I was jokingly kind of thinking earlier that I'm like the uh, the inside the actor's studio for podcasting. And uh, today, I got something a little bit different for you though. I have a friend on here who not only has a quite popular TikTok channel, but she is also a homesteader and avid hiker, camper, canoeer, outdoorsy kind of person. Please welcome to the show from the TikTok channel, Rosemary Grows. Rosemary, what's happening?
1: Hello. What's happening?
0: Not much. Not much. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me on. <laughs>
0: all my my cool friends. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Uh. All right. So. On this show, I tend to do things a little bit out of order because, you know, why not? Um, and the theory I have is that by the time you get to the end of recording, uh, nobody wants to plug their shit when they get to the end of a recording because they're already kind of tired from talking through the whole thing. And it's really hard to, to shift and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's some self-promotion. So uh, I would like to start in the beginning now. So, please, if you have anything you want to plug, your TikTok channel, any of your socials, any kind of thing like that, go right ahead and plug it right now.
1: Well, sure. I would like to plug my TikTok. It's um, The handle is rosemary underscore grows, and it is a chronicle of me um, doing a lot of experiments. Some of them are successful. (laughs) 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 There's um, just uh, gardening, permaculture, organic gardening. homesteading, urban homesteading, rural homesteading, um, you know,
0: stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So, uh, for here, for us, uh, obviously you would want to look up the, how we saw it podcast network presents. It's an amazingly long title, but I had to do that because I have like four different shows that I squish into one banner and, uh, I'm like a, I'm like a PBS, like telethon drive. Basically. I have like 50 different things that I do. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's where you would go for all kings considered how we saw it. You would go there for Voices in Between and obviously the stage is yours. And if you're a Spotify user, I have a little side project that I call the Shangri-La Lounge that is my version of a late night radio show. I, I talk in a low, smooth tone and then play songs in between. So it's kind of fun. Uh so obviously there you go. There's all your there's all your info. Now we can get to the good stuff. All right. So tell me all about homesteading because I find this stuff to be completely fascinating. And I was thinking about it earlier. And when I was little, uh, probably up until like the first or second grade or so my mom had this massive garden. We lived, uh, like across the street from where they live now, but it was, uh, the, the grounds used to be part of an old hotel. So there was a ton of land and my grandfather bought it up. And my mom and dad moved here, uh, after the right, after they had me, And my mom had these two massive gardens. She had this, uh, this full greenhouse that was like on the property with the glass ceiling and it was all concrete. It had its own stove system. It was heated. Uh, we had pigs and we had chickens and we had rabbits and oh God, tons of stuff that I'm probably forgetting. Uh, so that was probably about as close to homesteading, I guess, as I got, like my mom did a lot of like preserving and and canning and stuff like that so when it dawned on me that like that's not exactly what you do but it's kind of in the same vein I was like oh this is like it like it was interesting before and now it's more interesting because I'm just kind of like I want to hear all about this stuff because my mom never talked about it because I was kind of too young for her to you know tell me why she enjoyed doing stuff like that so What got you started? Like, what, when did you kind of wake up and say, like, I want to go, you know, as kind of as much off the grid as I can?
1: Well, um, that happened probably a little over a decade ago. I've always been interested in self sufficiency from a very young age. I think a lot of that was informed by a lot of George Romero movies. Okay. Um, I became aware of the fact that zombies could come at any time.
0: Right. (laughs)
1: Um, no, I, I, I just, uh, growing up, you know, we had some and we didn't grow up a lot. And so the concept of not having to do without, if I knew how to do for myself, right. was a really important thing. And, um, when I met my husband, uh, back in like 2011, um, it was kind of like a uh, dream meets reality okay. because finally had somebody who also really wanted to do this life. And um, so we just, you know, we started urban homesteading. Uh-huh. you know, we started growing in apartments, you know, and, um, and making plans for, for future homesteading. But in 2017, we purchased a, a, uh, a piece of property, um, a couple hours away from our house Mm -hmm. and it's a little over 14 acres. And we decided, you know, if we essentially, if we play our cards, right, um, we could end up moving out there full time and homesteading full time. And so the journey really began, um, in earnest around 2017, but I've always been interested in, in food preservation and self-sufficiency. I grew up, on the Gulf Coast area of uh, Texas, where you know you get a hurricane every couple of years, right. or you have you you know spin the wheel of natural disasters, <laughs>
0: and yeah,
1: uh, fun and interesting happening. So, um, being able to have—I I, don't—I hate to call it survival or prepper, prepper mindset mm-hmm. because that's kind of been co-opted by. Lunatics.
0: Well, there's like, it's like, like I was, it's funny that you brought that up because I was kind of thinking about that before we started. I was like, oh man, like I, like it, it leans, like there are elements of it that lean towards prepper. But I was like, but she's not a prepper because preppers are nuts. Like if you say prepper, there's a, there's kind of a preconceived notion of what you mean. When it you is say tr- prepper, like, but when you say homesteader, it's a totally different thing. Like, I don't want to say, I think like little house on the prairie when you say homesteader, but it, it it's definitely a little bit more in that vein than it is like, you know, grab your bug out bag and we're going to hide under a bridge for, you know, a month and, and, yeah. and live off of like the moss growing underneath it or something like that.
1: You definitely have a bug out bag though, but that's, that's a different subject. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But no, it, it it is the appeal of homesteading to me is the ability to do more with less, mm-hmm. and the ability to do for yourself and for your community, um, and the ability to just the idea of needing less is is very oh, yeah. Um, so I guess my first my first. And to the idea of homesteading, of course, came with gardening, and I made several attempts at doing that in my in my younger years, in my twenties and thirties. Mm. Uh, it just it never really stuck. It never really came came together for me because I had you know I had stuff going on. Yeah. Um, But in after I got married, and I I finally had a partner in crime, so to speak. Right. Um, the whole, the whole thing really did start to come together. So as I've as I've progressed in my homesteading, I've learned more about um, food preservation and permaculture principles and um, ways to really be a steward mm. of the, instead of just putting stuff in to get stuff out. So, so that's kind of been my journey.
0: Okay. Now, is it something that like did you? when you started out with gardening, did you take to it right away? I mean, I know you said it took a little while to get into it, but when you finally <clears throat> settled into that's what you wanted to do, did, was it something that you kind of like, did you have a green thumb or did you have to work a little bit more on it? I sucked wind at it. <laughs> I was, re-
1: <laughs> yeah. I was bad and I, I also had a very, a crippling fear of failure. Okay. I, I would do stuff and I would almost self, um, so I just, it, it, I had to grow my confidence yeah. as well as grow my growth. And in the last couple of years, I've come to the point where I feel like, oh, if I make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. It's not, you know, no one is judging me except me. Right. And the only loss is what I put into it. Just the resources and time. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if I'm learning something from it then I'm, then all is not lost. Yeah, there's no
0: failure if you learn something, you know, at the end of it.
1: Yeah, but I, I really did suck at it for really, probably longer than somebody would try to be good at something. (laughs) Right,
0: okay, yeah, yeah. But you didn't get discouraged, you stuck with it, obviously, so.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of encouragement from my, my husband, but, um, you know, I think sometimes I joke that our family motto is too dumb to quit. <laughs> <laughs> he He's a little bit more intuitive about when to quit than I am. Right. Um, but for me, um, you know, banging my head against the wall can sometimes serve itself. But yeah. but it's a, a labor of love. And I just now feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, OK, OK, I feel like I'm, I know what I'm doing. Um, my my fields are better than what I'm what I've been putting in
0: mm-hmm. now, yeah it makes total sense now as a, as a self as I'm also a self-sabotager did you find it hard to when you finally realized that like this was working you were you know you were kind of getting into the groove of it so to speak uh, did, was it hard to accept that at first were you kind of like no way this can't be the, this can't be the case I've got to be fucking it up somewhere along the line like, was it hard to, to, to kind of say like, no, I'm, I'm good at this. I've got this.
1: Um, I, that's a good question. I, I think at some point I said, it's okay for me to be good at this. I think that's what happened. I think I was, I was really, um, kind of self-deprecating mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And a lot of that had to do with, um, my, my life at that time. Like I, I just wasn't like, I mean, I I have, this is making for great radio, I'm sure, <laughs> but <laughs> I guess what I would have to say is uh, pre-sobriety,
0: yeah,
1: my, my self-image and the way that I um, approached everything in my life, especially gardening, was affected by a lot of self-loathing and a okay. lot of in- um and then you know about four years ago when i you know when i found sobriety i was able to really start rebuilding myself my self-image and my basically my my sense of self and and how i could accomplish things and not beat myself up for failures mm-hmm. because I was truly at that point trying my best
0: yeah i mean so, and obviously it's it's worked like i mean uh, we, we've been friends via social media for, uh, for quite a while now. And so I've kind of seen at least a good portion of the process of you, of you kind of doing this. And like, you know, from when you started to where you are now, is almost like night and day. Wow. Thank you. From the outside looking in. I mean, I, like, I don't know if it feels that way for you, but like for me to watch, I'm like, wow, let her go. Like, this is amazing. You know, when you, uh, and then once you started doing the, uh, the TikTok channel, I mean, then I could, re- you could really see it, obviously, because then there's, you know, video of you showing everything that you're doing. Like you kind of like, uh, I know uh, my wife does a lot of like gardening, nowhere near approaching what you do. But, you know, she's slowly been building her garden up outside over the last few years. And you know, she takes a lot of like, you know, she'll watch your stuff and like take little tips here and there and like, you know, see what you're doing and give it a try. And I'll see something that you've done. And I'll be like, hey, why don't you want to try doing this? Like. Rosemary tried this really cool thing. Why don't you give it a go? <clears throat> um, did you take to doing TikTok easily?
1: Um, it was a weird evolution. I just, I started doing it because I just naturally had a lot of um, activity in my back. It was during COVID yeah, and I was spending a ton of time, even more so than usual in my backyard. Um, and I, <laughs> I ended up just like stalking um, pollinators, like butterflies and cats throughout my backyard. And I was like, oh, I wonder if other people would want to see this. Like, and so I just started throwing up a little video here or there. And then I realized like, oh, well, I'm back here. I'm gardening. I might want to film some of the stuff I'm doing anyways. So let's see what happens with that. And I did a couple of videos and they, they didn't really do great or anything because, yeah. you know, it wasn't who knew what was going on. But right. um, I, once I put myself on camera and started trying to use it as a teaching tool, mm-hmm. people actually took to it. And I was like, oh, oh, oh OK. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and Which I'm uh, sure must have helped build your confidence as well.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, it normalized my feelings of inadequacy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, just getting to see other people feel their way through their process as well. Mm -hmm. And and I I, I really, I know a lot of people bag on social media and to me, social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want to use. To me, it's always just been a tool. It's however you use it. That's out of it. Yeah. And for me, the TikTok, <laughs> TikTok started to be like um, just a way to to connect with people in a way that I hadn't before and seeing other people's process and seeing their failures and their successes. And I really gravitated towards gardeners who were kind of like chaos gardeners and garden goblins, kind of like me. Mm-hmm. You know, very, not not so chaotic, but it, but having a process, doing what works for them, And I, I decided like, Oh, I can do that. Like if I'm just going to show what I'm doing and then if anybody hasn't any questions, they can ask me. Right. And that's all I have to do. I don't have to be a lifestyle blogger. I don't have to, you know, many, most I'll say 90% of my TikToks are filled, filmed in my pajamas. Right. Um, Not brush my hair. (laughs) It's going to happen. But, um, so once it became like that, I, I really took to it. And I did, I did enjoy it. And I've actually met in real life um, other gardeners and made real friends through the app. And That's awesome. And yeah. So I actually hit 60,000 last week.
0: I was so, just going to say, I went to look and I was like, you're at 60,000 followers now. So I would say that this is quite successful.
1: It's, yeah. Thank you. And it's, it's very rewarding when people tell me, I have people message me because one of my passions is making making food more accessible to people, right? Because I did grow up with some scarcity and I did grow up, you know, my mom did a great job working so hard to mm-hmm. make sure that you know what we had, but at the same time still rough at, at some points. And the idea of the idea of being able to help people with food scarcity has always been a passion of mine. And the ability to do that now with a platform has been, has been really cool right and something I knew to articulate like I do want to do this or this is something that's important to me but but having people show interest and want to learn more and having those people reach out to me privately and say like oh I'm growing lettuce in my guest bedroom right now because you showed me how and I'm so appreciative like that's that makes me feel pretty good
0: that's huge That yeah. that's a big deal that's like you know I mean Uh, not everybody does it for, for, for decent reasons, obviously, I'm sure. But like, you know, you starting all of this with the, with the the idea of helping others, be it like, you know, providing the food because you have so much of it growing or teaching them how to do it on their own. I mean, that's, that's huge. That's not the kind of thing, like they don't teach that stuff in school. Like you have to kind of seek out that, that kind of information now. So you willingly putting it out there with the intention of helping others is like, the best reason to do anything
1: well <clears throat> thank you um you know it's not it's not completely altruistic <laughs> so, <laughs> uh you know i did start on i i really did start on the app because it was covid it was a weird time you know um the yeah. uh, interaction was a little bit limited and you know being able to have that connection was really important it's important and, yeah of the things that i do i do like about social media is that um you actually make connections like i'm you're my friend we're friends now mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah. um i'm a big advocate for people meeting people through the internet like yeah. <laughs> don't listen to what your parents said you should totally <laughs> meet there's on the internet
0: the, the majority of my friends uh, exist in my phone like mm-hmm. I have, i haven't met a good ton of them but like I've met a few here and there, but a good portion of my friends are, are, you know, like within my phone, like talking on Facebook or or something along that line. And like, like you said, like when we grew up, our parents were like, well, you know, you can't trust anything anyone tells you on the Internet. And now they're the ones that are basically sending around like, you know, if Facebook has no permission to take my photos and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. You know, we definitely shouldn't trust anybody on the Internet. Thanks for thanks for cluing us in.
1: Well, I just, I think it's funny that, um, uh, you know, well, like Shelby, you know, she'll, obviously yeah, yeah. You're here for your show. Um, I re I reached out to her on Facebook because we were, you know, friends through social media and, but I, she had started her, her podcast and I basically just like cornered her on the internet. And I was like, Hey, I really like your podcast.
0: Let's be friends. <laughs> And didn't, so, didn't the two of you just didn't you two meet recently like yes
1: yeah uh, she came to texas um for her podcast yeah. and my husband and i went up there to meet her and it was really cool so that's like awesome. you know if you make uh, internet friends you should meet them
0: That's yeah. you want to <laughs> if you have the opportunity why waste it mm-hmm. so let's see because i'm professional here and i have my notes right in front of me uh <laughs> All right, so obviously the reaction to your TikTok has been really good and you took to it fairly quickly. Do you think it would have been do you think it would have been something you necessarily tried had it not been for the pandemic? Ooh,
1: I I don't know. I don't know cuz at that point I had really speaking of internet, like I had basically quit Facebook. I wasn't That's right. Yeah. doing a lot of social media and I I don't know. That's a really good question because I I ne- I'm not even a selfie person. Like I right. I didn't put a lot of my photos online. I'm not that person who I ever felt like <sighs> I didn't. And that's fine for other people. That's totally no judgment here. But yeah yeah yeah. It w- it just wasn't a part of my personality that I felt that yeah. Needed- you
0: you weren't seeking validation in that way. Like you weren't looking to get your. Like, you, know, come, you, weren't, you weren't looking for likes.
1: Yeah no, come like my cabbages but um, yeah. <laughs> it was, um, I don't know. I don't know if, if the pandemic hadn't happened, would I have sought that as a, as a resource but um, it's just it's been a very interesting journey um, with meeting other people. I will say that if somebody has a hyper niche like as far as a hobby or an interest, there that niche exists on a social media platform and you can find your people. Oh yeah, you know?
0: absolutely. Especially TikTok, I've noticed like if you want to find some kind of weird little hobby to get into, you can find it there.
1: Weird. Like, yeah, there's like so many facets to that app. I'm like, how did I, how did I end up on sneaker talk? How did right? I end up engine rebuilding talk? <laughs> <laughs> what did the algorithm see that made me think that I was part of this? But, right. but that's a, you know, that's just a, a very, I just remember when we were, you and I are the same age. And I remember when we were growing up and that narrative, when the internet first became a thing was that this is going to destroy society because it's going to set and we're going to, everybody's going to be in their homes and not, you know, not connecting. Right. And well, for in some aspects, yeah, that did happen. But in other aspects, it just went completely the opposite way. I yeah. feel like a lot, in a lot of ways, we're more connected than we've ever been to each other.
0: I know people now that fall into so many different life categories that come from all avenues possible from every quarter of the world at this point. And if it wasn't for the Internet, I wouldn't know any of them, pretty much, I would wager. So... Sure. It has its negatives, but I think like you said earlier, it's a, it's a tool. If you're using it for the right reasons and you're looking to get something positive out of it, you can find it. You can get what you want out of it.
1: Yeah. So in answer to your question, I don't know. (laughs) It's, it definitely happened uh, organically because of that, but I don't then, you know, it is something um, my husband had mentioned once, you know, maybe one day we'll do a YouTube channel or Mm -hmm. this is YouTubers we watch and, Um, but we didn't really put much, uh, action into that before I started doing this though. Okay.
0: All right. So, uh, all right. So then now refresh my memory on this a while back on, uh, on Facebook, somebody put up a post of like songs that you hate, like songs that you absolutely hate. And Mm -hmm. I swear, I remember you saying that you hate that, that Rosemary song.
1: Um, I don't, I don't remember
0: the love goes where my rosemary gr- or love. Yeah, that's it. Love grows where my rosemary goes.
1: One of the many other rosemaries, you know, because I don't, I, I'm kind of amb- maybe in that moment, I'm going to say, I'm going to plead the fifth, Aaron. I don't remember that. All right.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> see, and the reason I wanted to preface it was because I one time had this idea because you have, you, you, you are the, uh, the, the, I don't even know how to, how to, how to phrase it. Uh, You have the world's greatest dog that lives with you, Fiona. (laughs) Uh, And I thought it would be amazingly funny on your TikTok uh, if you put a GoPro camera on Fiona and had her running around kind of following you around (laughs) the garden because she's always kind of hiding and sleeping in plants and whatnot. And with Mm -hmm. that song playing, like she was following Rosemary around the garden and there was things growing all over the place. I love that. (laughs) But I couldn't, I was like, I think she hates that song and mm-hmm. I should probably preface it because if she hates it, I'm going to go through this whole idea. And then she's going to be like, that's great, but that song sucks. So
1: no, I'm not even shutting you down. I'm putting a in it because she's, um, she's recovering from surgery right now. Right. So she's any running around, which is really, um, a hardship on her, but she's doing, she is recovering, but maybe we will do that. Cause I have to throw around here somewhere. That's
0: fantastic. I'm so, sure that <laughs> so much personality of that little dog.
1: Yeah, she's, yeah, she's been a real, uh, a real great addition to our family. She's gone on every, since we've gotten her, she's gone on every adventure with us um, canoe adventures and uh, camping and all sorts of things. So she's a, a ride or die. And That's she awesome. was a little urchin that somebody grabbed off the literally grabbed off the street and we were able to, to give her a different life So.
0: Did she take right to kind of adventuring with you? like, Or was it kind of thing you had to like ease her in slowly?
1: No, she was pretty good about it. She she just, she's one of those dogs. She just wants to be involved. Right. And um, the funny thing is though, is that we do a lot of canoeing um, and she does not like water at all. So she wants to get in the boat and then she's like, okay, I'm done. We're good. I'm in the boat.
0: (laughs) The boat's fine as long as it's nowhere near the water
1: yeah yeah she, we she tried to do i've tried different avenues of getting her okay with water yeah and it's like a she she's like a cinder block she just she's a jack russell so she just has these weird little legs that yeah. that do anything and then she just kind of starts to stink and i was like that's fine that's fine you've got a life jacket we're
0: fine <laughs> but gonna, yeah you're gonna be okay baby i promise
1: yeah she, um we were camping very recently, and uh, we had a river otter come into our camp. And no way. yeah, it was the weirdest thing because it was out at our homestead property. I always say we're camping out there because we don't have a structure out there yet. Okay. So we went and we set up our base camp, and it's it's. I want to do a TikTok about it. I just haven't had the. Whenever we go out there, we're so busy working. Yeah. That I don't. I don't, I don't film that much stuff on my actual. home. <laughs> Um, but I, I want to, I want to show our, our, setup because it's really cool. We've got these, um, we've got tents and communications and cooking and all this other stuff. So, um, but we, Fiona and I were taking a nap a couple of months ago in the tent and, uh, we, my husband was somewhere else on the property and she, I'm, I'm fast asleep. And then all of a sudden she starts to growl, and she's 11 pounds. And so like. I'm figuring like, she's just, she's got that little dog aggression. I'm like, she's yeah, probably a bird messing around out there or something. And I'm like, Fiona, go back to sleep. And she does not want to go back to sleep. She wants to keep growling. And I was like, fine, fine. Well, well, I'll check on it. It's fine. I pop out of the tent and this black blur takes <laughs> off. And I'm like, what in the world? Cause it was so, it was like a cryptid moment. I was right. like, I've never, an animal this shape i know my animals, and uh it took off running and fiona up, she's on a leash though so she she took off her she wasn't getting far but she was dragging her and all of a sudden my husband comes barreling around the corner and he goes did you see that and i go what the hell was it and he goes It was an otter <laughs> and i was like what the hell we don't live near a river we don't we there's like a little lake back there yeah apparently we have well we have a, a little stream and and it had been during a drought and apparently it was just coming up to look for a different water source or something but apparently otters can get kind of aggressive so i stand by the fact that she saved my life
0: i'm well, sure she, she might have yeah. i mean you never know you could have stuck your face out there and then boom river otter now you've been <laughs> bit or something
1: yeah so she's down for the adventure for sure <laughs>
0: She's your Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So then, uh, well, I mean, you know, we're we're talking about it. So tell me more about uh, like you're, you. You love to hike. You love to canoe. You love to camp. Like, give me give me adventure stories. I want to hear. I want to hear all the the nitty gritty of uh, like. It's the kind of thing that I love. I love an idea, but I don't know if I could ever do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little too i'm a little too pampered like the, the beard would throw people off they'd be like look at that outdoorsy son of a bitch and i am 100 <laughs> yeah, yeah. percent not that guy so out yeah. <laughs> of uh, the club for the outdoors club because
1: they have a they have facial hair like that. <laughs> but um yeah no uh i like to hike i like to canoe um hiking usually hiking involves like a multi-day backcountry trip right so everything that you can carry is on your back um recently the only exception this, to that has been going out to utah mm-hmm. um hiking out in the desert i am of the flatlands here on the gulf coast of texas <laughs> um, i you know it was a beautiful trip we went to canyon lands um and needles and um it was a, just a surreal landscape out in Utah, but uh we did have to keep going back to our vehicle to get water because I mean, you've got to keep guzzling water out there. so that was that was the only time that we haven't just like said goodbye to our vehicle and hoped it was there right when we got- right.
0: <laughs> best, yeah was it um, was it intimidating? I mean that's got to be like that's a totally different kind of hike than necessarily like you said packing everything onto your back where you know you're not going to have to drink a gallon of water every couple of hours maybe but like Absolutely. was it was it the kind of thing where you were like oh shit like this is a whole new level for us
1: yes it, well for me it was i i can't speak for jason but um it was as soon as we drove into canyonlands mm-hmm. and we drove park and i saw those the the these ginormous rock spires and these valleys and peaks and all of these things I immediately, and I'm, I'm an avid hiker. I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit here. I'm, I'm pretty capable. Right. Got the yips so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was so scared. I was terrified, and the first day hiking was was bad. Like it wasn't good. It was bad. It was just like we got a little bit lost because we weren't used to hiking with cairns. You know where they yep. have those piles, and that kind of directs you where to go. And it wasn't like we didn't get fatally lost. Like we were we were just off by a
0: couple of hundred yards oh, right. from the trail. But it probably felt like miles in your head.
1: Oh, I was just like, there were these giant boulders I was trying to shimmy up. And like I was starfished out on. And right. like, no, but you're not supposed to go up this way. But we like forced our way up there. And then <laughs> the, the trail was like uh, 20 yards below us. And people are walking on it. And somebody turned around and looked up at us and goes, how did you get up there? And we're like, <laughs> no. So (laughs) that first day for me was hard. But after that, I kind of had to reframe my thinking. And I was like, I'm not going to die out here. This is just different. You know, this is just different hiking. And it'll be fine. And it was fine. It was absolutely beautiful. And it was the most um, intense technical hiking I've ever done because it was like rock scrambles. And they have like, um, staircases like built into the sides of like cliff faces that you have to like kind of back down. It was a little bit scary, but it was really cool. So Utah was definitely, if anybody has a chance to go hiking in Utah, I would definitely recommend that. It's very beautiful.
0: I am like obsessed with the desert. I love the, like, I think it's because I'm like, I live in New York. So I grew up with like the Catskill mountains and Appalachia and all that. And uh, so the idea of something that's just perfectly flat for miles and miles and miles like to where you can just see forever essentially is completely incredible to me like i got married in las vegas and we flew obviously and when you come out over the desert like it was I like my it just took my breath away from the plane i was just like oh my god this is like the most amazing thing i've ever seen so so i have to assume to a certain extent like like some of those views that you were seeing out there are, like kind of like the what you would classify as like some life-changing stuff
1: oh yeah it was absolutely beautiful you know it but it's so funny you can go to the desert in this country and then you can go up to like where you're at like we just we've done um a canoe trip or i've done i say we because my husband goes with me all the time so i'm not speaking of myself in plural by right. the way <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know going up to the adirondacks and canoeing up there um for like five days straight it was wow that is just absolutely beautiful it is um, he only went with us on that one too so we had a, a pretty fun pretty fun adventure there were, we hit some i did think i was going to die at one point <laughs> during that trip if, if i if i don't think i'm going to die at least at once on, it wasn't on, any
0: good yeah
1: and it's you know you got to get that type too fun um <laughs> But I did. We had a, <laughs> a one of our, our last night uh, canoeing in the Adirondacks. There was a, just this in, insane wind. Like people were coming off of the lake. And because all the, you know, for the people who don't know, the Adirondacks, the lakes are basically chained together up there. There's just hundreds of lakes.
0: Yeah,
1: You can access them. And then you go, you know, from lake to lake in these boats in your canoe. And uh, we... This intense wind was blowing and people were just coming off the lake. They were like, No, that's there's white caps out there. That's crazy. <laughs> but we had to go. Like <laughs> when you plan these trips and you're like, Well, this night we're staying here and this night we're staying here, right? You back by, you know, because you get permits and stuff like that. Anyway, um, we were just like, Let's just wait it out and see if uh, if it gets better. So we just start on the water. And it did not get better. <laughs> <laughs> Our little Kevlar canoe is being pushed around. And so like we just beached it on another another part of the, the lake, uh, like a little uh, peninsula or island or something. And it just, this little island or whatever it was, it was, it felt super haunted. Okay. Like when we got, on, and it's like the middle of the day, it's like a super sunny day. But all of those, um, the campsites up there and all on all of the lakes are serviced by State Park Service. Yeah. And so they're all very nice and very well kept. And it's like good job, New York State. You did great. It was awesome. Um, but we got to this one little abandoned <laughs> island. There's like a, a, a spider infested outhouse. Oh god. <laughs> no, other, no other stuff there. And then all of a sudden we just walk up on a deer that's laying there dying and we're like we need we need to go right now (laughs) Yeah.
0: like if you could have picked a worse island i don't know what would have been on it but
1: like (laughs) like sitting there on the shore waiting for the wind to die down because it was just like this super eerie feeling and uh i i dubbed that island anthrax island that's
0: that sounds appropriate
1: so but that was that was kind of a scary trip we the wind did not die down but we it kept just pushing us and it was very. I, I think I had tears streaming down my face the whole time I was paddling. My arm almost fell off because I could only paddle on one side because oh. of. And Fiona's fine the whole time. She's just chilling on my backpack in the behind me on the seat. She's like, "You <laughs> oh,
0: cry." So wondering what you're wondering, what you're so upset about.
1: So <laughs> things like that. You're always gonna have. That's the thing. It's like when I plan for backpacking adventures like that or canoe packing Mm -hmm. mentally I always say like there's always going to be something like that that happens like there's always going to it's never going to be a perfect weather the whole time right something weird that happens and as long as you mentally say okay I'm fine with this it's going to happen and sometimes it might happen more than once then you can kind of relax and enjoy yourself I feel
0: so that makes sense yeah once you get it out of the way, it's it's kind of all, you know, it's all good after that. So, yeah, it... so you've been out, like, I mean, you're talking, like, you've been out in, like, like God's country, essentially. Like, it's, like, the middle of nowhere for a lot of these spots. Like, have, like you knew I was going to have to ask this eventually. Like, have you ever seen something you just literally can't explain or heard some things that just scared the absolute hell out of you that, that didn't end up being river otters? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um... You know, honestly, I haven't really seen anything that gave me pause, uh, man-made or otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like besides the island with the deer that was spooky. That was, just, yeah. that was like a circumstantial thing. Where yeah, I was that like, was just
0: a coincidence. Like...
1: <laughs> I did actually hiking though. I will say this one time um, a few years back. I guess it was like twenty, maybe twenty sixteen. I was on the Lone Star hiking trail and that is, uh, it's the longest contiguous trail in Mm -hmm. Texas. It's about a hundred miles and I was hiking and it started to rain and I was hiking down this trail and nobody was before me and nobody was after me. And I was with my husband. um, So I wasn't by myself, but I came across, (laughs) it was the weirdest thing. There was a, Fawn, like a little deer. Yeah. Uh, it was not. It was no longer with us. Um. To, and uh, it was on the trail, and it looked like it had just been born, like a second before.
0: Whoa.
1: Completely clean, except it was one hundred. It was like bisected. It looked like it had been cut clean through the middle. Whoa. And the back part of it was missing. And I was like, that's weird. That is
0: weird. Holy shit.
1: <laughs> that's a horrible story. I'm sorry. You no, asked. No, no,
0: no, no, no. That's like I love that stuff. Like, but that's like to walk up on that, I would have like been like, Well, this was a this was a good hike. Time to get back to my car, I guess.
1: Well, it was just weird because I was like, This does this seems so weird. It would have had to have been like somebody with like a
0: laser though to right. like
1: I was like this is so weird.
0: Then your brain starts going nuts trying to figure out what what could have done it. Yeah.
1: But you know that that trail is known to have a lot of famous Bigfoot activity.
0: Really? Yes.
1: So it's like right on the it's kind of like considered a little bit East Texasy a little bit, but um but that area there's a famous case of um uh, some bigfootologists, I'm not sure uh-huh. what the term is, um, going out there and getting attacked by a bigfoot and stuff like that. So, I mean, was it Bigfoot with a laser? I don't know, Aaron. Like, I mean, that's
0: I worse, right? That's twice as terrifying, you know. Bigfoot in general is, ba- you know, just walking up on him would be terrifying, but if he had a laser, shit. I mean,
1: <laughs> so I don't know. That was a- that was an unsettling thing, and that's the weird thing about like some of these things that happen out in the woods is like you're like is this weird or is this just weird because I'm in the middle of the woods
0: right right
1: Um, and so but I've done that trail by myself before and I've never I for a lot a lot of times I've been out there by myself and I did the whole thing by myself and I never felt unsafe I never felt unsettled I never felt um in any sort of danger ever right that one day with somebody else, I was like, this makes feel weird and bad. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Right. You're by yourself, you're fine. You add yeah. one more person and the weirdness starts.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was just weird. A- <laughs> but other than that, no, I did the, I thought I saw a UFO once
0: uh-huh.
1: out at my property. But um, so my husband and I were doing, I'm sorry, I keep saying it like my husband and I for every story. That's but- fine. It's fine. He was, let's just imply that he's also there for most of these stories. right? Um, So I was out there stargazing Mm -hmm. and laying on my back in the field because we don't have Netflix out there. We don't have, (laughs) we don't have anything. So it's like, get in the tent or look at the stars, you know? So I was laying on my back in the field and I had my um, binoculars out and I was just, I had my binoculars held up to my eyes and I was looking at the constellations because there's very little light pollution out there you could see a whole lot just with binoculars and all of a sudden this glowing iridescent orb came floating across my field of view and I was like oh my gosh what is that because it wasn't a satellite for sure it was and I'm staring at it so intently and then all of a sudden I go blind and that's because it was a lightning bug and it (laughs) Apparently, they stay iridescent when they're not blowing their butts out, and <laughs> and I in between blowing its butt uh, or however whatever the technical term is yeah you know what I mean shining its light like there you
0: go. Yeah. blowing its butt out is it's just so, as good I like that one
1: um, and so in between it shining very brightly and bedazzling everyone um, I caught it and thought it was a UFO but it didn't turn out to be a bug so
0: well I mean. I, so you found an identified flying object, just not an unidentified pretty one. Pretty
1: IFO. So <laughs> yeah,
0: an IFO. There you go.
1: Yeah. So, but that was that was it. Like as much time as I've I've spent out in the outdoors in the out of doors, um, I, I would love to to like see a Bigfoot right. or like uh, any other. Um, there are some cryptids I would not want to run across, but well, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, obviously. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, have you seen those um those videos of the rake? No. Oh gosh, now you have to go YouTube it. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of those uh those uh internet uh uh fabricated cryptids. I like believe, a,
0: like a creepypasta kind of thing. I think so,
1: but it's super creepy. <laughs>
0: so, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah,
1: yeah, but yeah, something like that I probably wouldn't want to see. But you know, um. You know, Trista loves those Fresno night crawlers. Trista, yes,
0: she does. She does. I, I was just thinking, like, you know, like we when Trista Trista was on, we were talking about Bigfoot and how, you know, at this point, like, I feel like somebody would have found him. Like at this point, like, if Bigfoot was a was a legitimate kind of flesh and blood, and then of course I started I started listening to like uh, like Supernaturally type podcasts and stuff like that, and they started talking about how Bigfoot might be like kind of a uh, not time slip, but like an alternate dimension, like where they kind of they're dimension. not on quite the same plane as we are, so that's why mm-hmm. we don't always see them, and I was like, oh man, that's totally different. Shit, what if they are out there?
1: <laughs> it's just another dimension, don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, it's no big deal, no big deal at all. So so you're out there on these these camping trips and the hiking trips and canoeing, and you're, you know, obviously you're in a tent, They got the stars all around you, like the uh, what are you doing to necessarily like pass some of the time? Are you like, do you, do you read a lot? Do you listen to, do you listen to music? Obviously like you don't have like TV or anything like that. So like, do you, do you, do you have music that you love to listen to when you're outside kind of just looking at the stars or, or wandering or anything like that?
1: Well, typically when I'm out, like when I was doing, um, when I was training for the Lone Star Hiking Trail, mm-hmm. to a lot of podcasts, I was actually just having this conversation earlier. How I would queue up um, one whole series of like last podcasts on the left, yeah, and like, listen to that. I don't. I'm not a big music listener on the trail.
0: Okay,
1: so, but listening to a podcast, I've and it was so funny because I, I think I downloaded your podcast, Trista's, Shelby's, Whitney's. Wow. I, when I was training for that hike, because I was like, I'm taking my friends with me. Yeah, like we all
0: went with you. In <laughs> yeah, that case, I should thank you for all the exercise I got.
1: And you really, you. there were days that you carried me. So.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad I could be there for you.
1: So I'm a big podcast listener um, when it comes to, you know,
0: hiking. When it, I'm, does it kind of give you the feeling like you're not necessarily alone? Like there's somebody talking with you while you're there? So like, obviously, with with music, like, it's tunes and songs and a little less personal, but with a podcast, it's like you got friends with you, kind of, like you said.
1: Well, yeah, and I I don't have any kind of real problem with the being alone part. Mm-hmm. Like, that's totally fine. But um, it when, when you're hiking, like, 24 miles in a day, your feet start to hurt, and yeah. if you can Thinking about anything else.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's really
1: nice to be able to take your mind off of it. So <laughs> it's a podcast where they're weaving a story or telling you something you don't know. And you can just kind of like take yourself out of it so that you're right. just like kind of associating from your body. And the sense, yeah. <laughs> that's also nice.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. So all right, let's see what we got here. Did I? I forget. Probably a ton of stuff. All right. So, you know, I asked you what your I asked you what your favorite horror movie was before Mm -hmm. before we got going. And uh, I want you to know that your your answer of The Exorcist 3 made my wife about as happy as possible because she loves that movie. Like she watches it at least three times a month, I would say, like it's her it's her Sunday afternoon nap movie. Like should just put it on and sit in the recliner and just fall asleep. It's like comfort food.
1: It's such a good movie.
0: It is. And it really is.
1: It's funny because it's you don't think of a horror movie as soothing, but the presence of George C. Scott is very.
0: <laughs> it's. It's. Yeah, I totally get what you mean.
1: When he's screaming,
0: which uh, is which is which is my wife's favorite part, and like I do a I do an incredible George C. Scott impression that I'm not going to do here because I'll blow your eardrums out, but <laughs> I, I I do like the George C. Scott from The Exorcist Three around the house, like I'll yell like we're well, fine, you know things like that. So she's you know she, it, it, the the movie has a special place for. Her. So when I told her like yo you're gonna love this episode because Rosemary said that her favorite horror movie aside from Predator is the exorcist three and she, her eyes just lit up like oh another one another person that loves that movie like it's got one of the best scares like when that when that when that woman comes across the hallway with the big shears like when she's walking across the hallway after the nurse that's one of the scariest damn scenes i've ever seen
1: and they hit you before that jump scare with a mini jump scare
0: yeah.
1: and th- so then you're like oh god i got a jump scare. and then you just let your guard down and oh they just punch you right in the kidneys with yeah. that one. It's so good.
0: And no matter and, how many times you see it, it still gets you.
1: And it's not a very gory movie.
0: No, not at all, really.
1: All a of the... Bit. Well, there, I mean, a little at the end, but it's like... It's very, like... It's It's a very beautiful movie. It yeah. really is very pretty. And it, I was very shocked when I learned that um, William Peter Blatty, the guy who originally wrote Exorcist and, and Exorcist 3... Um, he was the director, yeah. and I saw it was the only movie he directed, and I was like, "Damn, well done, sir!" This
0: seriously, yeah. Like it's it's on such a it's in such a like a mishmash of a series. Like the first one is obviously like kind of iconic, but the second one, not so much.
1: Second one, I I drink to forget, you know.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, I
1: don't I'm, think anymore, but. <laughs> showed me that i'd be tempted yeah um you know it's just it's not it's not good and it's you know i know actually i think there was like some pushback when they found out that linda blair wasn't gonna be in the third one and i like, oh, let her go it's yeah, fine she doesn't need
0: to she doesn't need to at all and in all honesty like up until i would say within the last 10 years or so like she didn't even really want to talk about that movie Like, I would, we would, we would go to a lot of, like, horror conventions and stuff like that, and she would be a guest, and I'd be like, oh, I really want to go up to her. And the people that would work there that we were friends with would be like, you know, maybe don't. Like, she doesn't, she's kind of a, she's kind of a a schmo about The Exorcist. Like, she kind of gets shitty when people bring it up. Like, she wants to talk about other stuff, and I'm like, what other movies did she do? Like... (laughs) Like I like I'm not slagging on her career, but like if you're gonna go to a horror convention, like I, I if you're Linda Blair, you have to assume that nobody's coming up to you for much of anything else.
1: She did that Leslie Nielsen movie, that repossessed movie. That's
0: right, so, she did. She did.
1: Have some sense of humor about it, except not I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just really like Exorcist Three. I I love George C. Scott. He's great. um I didn't realize I I recently rewatched it and um I didn't realize that Scott Wilson was also in it until I rewatched it where um, Scott Wilson from uh, In Cold Blood and uh, The Walking Dead, he played Marshall.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, you've, you've been around, sir. You've been doing stuff for a long time. So yeah.
0: Brad Dourif and Yep, Brad Dourif. And oh, I think yeah. uh, is – of Course, I'm forgetting his name. Jason Patrick's father, the one who played Marin, and the not Marin, the one who plays uh...
1: the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he's he's in it for a, a, at least a few minutes, I think.
1: He and also, lest we forget, uh, the FBI agent from Die Hard. Um,
0: You're right. The,
1: it was F agent.
0: Uh, oh, God. Isn't it like Smith or something like that that they're called?
1: Rename that and uh never mind I just always love the line from Die Hard where uh where the police chief is like oh no we're gonna have to get some more FBI guys yeah 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 <laughs> it's like my favorite line so
0: so then as a fan like do you know do you like the original as much as you like the third one
1: yeah no the original is so scary though yeah. like it feels so scary to me does like, it, it, now,
0: now since we're around the same does it hold up for you still when you watch the original does it still hold up yeah okay because i know a lot of uh like one of the like it's like a double-edged sword kind of thing like with with social media is that a good portion of my friends are either in my age range or like you know younger i guess um the younger audiences tend to not like the original exorcist as much as i anticipated they would like Mm -hmm. you hear a lot of people that are like oh it's just kind of 70s schlock and it's not scary and i'm like we you're you're dumb no you're dumb like you
1: know, it's a goddamn
0: exorcist
1: <laughs> no i mean i just it was i don't know for, i guess maybe for the same reasons that i liked exorcist three is that it's just so atmospheric and yeah. it's like and it sucks you into this universe where these things are possible and it's so you know it, the, the the catholic religious imagery is equal parts like beautiful and terrifying yeah and, exactly. You know, I like that's I like both of those things about it. So for me, it does hold up. But at this I do notice with the children with the with the children, um, they do not find the same things that I do scary. Yeah. Like poltergeist, poltergeist terrified me when I saw it when I was younger.
0: Yeah.
1: And then these uh, <sighs> these younger people are not scared. the
0: youngins. Yeah.
1: Are you sure we saw the same movie? I
0: know, I know. I think that, I think because horror got much more, um, it's the word I'm looking for, kind of like spoon fed. Like they were going to give you your jump scares. They were going to give you your kind of, I don't want to say generic plots, but like you, you pick up an average horror movie, you can kind of figure out what's going from A to B. Like, I feel like subtlety is a little bit lost sometimes on a like modern audiences want to be shown. Which is why when they started remaking like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that, like I noticed that they made the your 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 villains a little bit more blatant. Like they gave you a reason for why Leatherface was killing people as opposed to the original where they were just like here's some crazy rednecks. Let's see what happens.
1: If you stumbled across this house and the Sawyer family and all this, you wouldn't get an explanation. You would no. just be the chainsaw so now you got to be scared because that's the truth that's the thing that would be happening yeah and I Appreciate that but you know i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with a remake i really don't like i've seen some remakes where i'm like yeah that's cool
0: yeah some of them i even like more than the original
1: which ones do you like more than the original i
0: honestly like the dawn of the Dead remake more than i like the original
1: uh, i agree i agree 100 percent.
0: yeah yeah uh, i i feel like it's an age thing uh Th- that era of special effects makeup looks really cheap to me mm-hmm. and I just I can't take it as believable I'm like they're green and blue why are they green and blue like why are these and like the the, the blood is very bright and at least in like the newer one like while there are things about it that I dislike like it felt more realistic I guess would be that the chaos yeah. was a little bit more realistic to me
1: Yes, and I think that the, the remake, obviously, they, they kind of jettisoned a lot of the social commentary, Yeah, leaned more into like, okay, we want to scare you. Right. Like with zombies, not with injustice. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> not with the people, but the zombies.
1: Yeah. So it was, you know, it, I, I agree. Like, if you want a straight up zombie movie, that one was really good. Yeah. Agreed. Because I'm a big zombie fan.
0: I like them. I feel like maybe that we need to give them a good 5 years to kind of cool off a little bit. Like we I think they went hard on zombies and they they went a little too far like everything became a zombie. And then that kind of went into like everything being like a post apocalyptic. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, "All right, all right. I understand where you're going with that, but can we try something new? Anything different? Something?"
1: But with the post-apocalyptic stuff that they have going on because it's almost like disney-fied
0: yeah
1: look either make it super bleak or make it super utopian like i don't (laughs) don't 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 put it in the middle like yeah yeah yeah.
0: you have to be one or the other you got to commit to it
1: that in and i don't know if i read this somewhere and it was noted it was it was brought to my attention or if i heard it somewhere but there are several things several several things that take place in post-apocalyptic shows and movies like um the absence of dogs right like they don't want to they don't want to breach that subject i don't want them to <laughs> like i don't want to i don't want to think about what happens to yeah, our Yeah,
0: because you can kind of assume what occurred i guess
1: and then um one one thing that i really love that i i think i read this somewhere or i heard it was that um you know how when they first started doing the walking dead, they were like, who's mowing the lawns? Like, why are, (laughs) why is this grass? So
0: so maintained. Yeah.
1: I, like I said, I heard or read and I don't know where this came from, but it tracks for me as a person who, who deals in homesteading and permaculture and would throw every lawnmower into an active volcano. (laughs) Um, that when they were doing test audiences for The Walking Dead, people were getting really stressed out by the concept of the overgrown lawns. Like it was too too apocalyptic. It was too scary.
0: That was the bridge too far. Good God.
1: (laughs) And I was just like, that actually tracks. Like the people that I talked to, I haven't mowed my backyard in a really long, I don't remember when.
0: Right. I really. Which I think is the coolest damn thing. Like when I saw that you would kind of let it reclaim. And how you were getting all of these like pollinators and all of these like insects were coming back. And they obviously they help your garden because that's what they do. Uh, I was like, man, not having to mow the lawn. That would be like shit. That would be like heaven. Like to never have <laughs> to mow again would be amazing.
1: Yeah, it's just but the pushback I get, especially even on my TikTok. Like when I talk about not mowing or build building uh, brush piles yeah. in my backyard wildlife people get very uncomfortable and i think it's that that undercurrent of fear that oh we might bring in something we, we don't want or uh you know snakes or rats or i'm scared and you know so there's that that fear of the unknown and the unmowed grass
0: right it's
1: so funny that that they couldn't even show it on a zombie show
0: that's insane i and now that you mentioned that i did i do remember something about that about like them having to maintain the lawns because it was, people thought it was weird that no one was cutting the grass. Like the zombies were just going to stop looking for brains for, you know, 10 minutes a day to maintain the lawn. Yeah. Just get
1: on the, on the John Deere and brains. Zombie gardeners. But yeah, but I run into that, like the, the concept of letting things rewild and, get overgrown is very scary like that's a that's a thing that makes very uh, a lot of people uncomfortable
0: so strange i guess what's so ingrained into us that you have to maintain a certain kind of look on the outside of your house or something
1: well it's funny we were watching the bird last night which i had never seen before and i don't know if you're familiar with that movie but it's the tom hanks movie where he lives on this cul-de-sac yeah. yep and, uh, you know, his, his Bruce Dern is one of his neighbors who's Corey like crazy. Feldman. Yeah, Corey Feldman, of course.
0: Rick Dukeman.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they, <laughs> it, like, for 97% of the movie, I'm like, you guys are insane. You guys are the bad guys. And then, like, because I was like, these people are just trying to live their lives. Right. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, I don't, like, that's how my lawn looks. Like, <laughs> it looks like so you guys are so mean and then you know I don't want to spoil a movie that came out in 1989 I was going it... to
0: say at this point mm-hmm. I feel like if you haven't seen it it's uh, it's on you at this point
1: so but yeah um, I guess the the trope of not mowing your lawn not maintaining your lawn you are a serial killer is strong yeah, and... God,
0: it's a slippery slope first you don't cut your grass and then you're hiding bodies I guess
1: yeah it, well it does make it easier
0: that's true. Tall grass. And, you know, it brings in, you know, insects and whatnot, so they can help eat the bottom. Ah, I see what you're up to now. I got it. I got it.
1: I in this file, so. yeah. <laughs>
0: cool. All right. Well, then, then let's talk about Predator, which I thought was an absolute cool pick for you, because it's one of those ones that I don't necessarily initially categorize it as a horror movie but it does tick all the boxes. I always mm-hmm. thought of it as more, because it's Arnold, you think of it as more of a, an action movie or leaning into sci-fi. But it, it's definitely got the, the horror elements to it. Like, have you loved that movie kind of from the get-go when you, like, back in the day when it was new? Or is it a something you discovered later on and took to?
1: Oh, no. I remember seeing it, like do you remember when we were kids and if you had like basic cable you could get the movie channels on the weekend like they'd yeah. have one like free movie- preview
0: weekends and stuff
1: right okay so i think that's where i first saw it and i was like this is this is amazing so like, good. <laughs> it's so i good. was impressed with that whole movie i was like the special effects the monster arnold you know mm-hmm. Jeff- Everybody, the whole cast—Carl Weathers—I'm like nine years old. I'm like these people are amazing. This is all. So it was. I just I love it. I love that movie.
0: And Bill Duke from the movie—he's local to me. He lived. He grew up like I don't know, 15 minutes down the road from me.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I just love that movie. I I'm a big Arnold fan and a big I'm a big action person, but I'm also. So, I love action movies from the 90s. I'm big Arnold, Jean-Claude. Yep. So. So, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. And
0: that, so how do you feel about the movies in that series that came afterwards? Like I'm a fan of I think I think Predator 2 is like unfairly kind of looked down upon. I think it's a it's not a great movie compared, but I think Danny Glover does a fantastic job. And I like the idea of taking it from the actual jungle to the concrete jungle. I thought right. that was a kind of a cool idea. But then you have, like, you know, the, the stuff that came afterwards, which is a little bit dicier, except for Prey. I thought Prey was fantastic.
1: I could not. Okay, so to address the, the second in the series, I also like the second one because mm-hmm. it's a time capsule totally. for that era. It's such a – it's it's so – what was it, like 90, 91?
0: Early, Yeah, like super early 90s. So still basically the 80s. Yeah,
1: and it was just like, and I just, it was still kind of, it wasn't a little bit set in the future too.
0: I think so, yeah. You know,
1: drug wars and like, it, it was just, it was so late 80s mm-hmm. that I was, just, I, I watched it a, probably about a year ago and I was like, this
0: is still, pretty great yeah it kind of holds up like it's got bill paxton in it so you can't really go wrong with bill paxton so.
1: and Alonzo in yeah
0: it. that's right gary Busey. he's a jerk now obviously well he was probably a jerk then too but like you don't get much more 80s than gary Busey.
1: yeah like so it's just like this time capsule of like the the it people of that time yeah. and like action in that genre and stuff like that so i i like that one in a different way than the original but um the sequels the alien versus predator i really tried i tried to watch the first one and i was like you guys i can't i can't do this
0: yeah. <laughs> so. i saw the first one in the theater for free i remember do you remember when blue or not uh, dvds were like first hitting and big and they would give you like a free pass to a movie if there was a sequel coming out if you bought the bought the dvd copy over the original well, they were like, come buy this, you know, special edition of Predator and we'll give you two free passes to Alien versus Predator. And I was like, well, that's great. I'll go do that. And I didn't pay for the movie and I still wanted my money back at the end. It was so bad. I
1: need you to compensate me for my I Right.
0: <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go home and watch the original Predator. But now it's going to have like a bitter aftertaste because I know why I bought it. Like, I, didn't, I didn't need another copy of it, but here we are. So.
1: Yeah, no, I I just, I didn't get into them and I'm not the kind of person who, like just really will power through if I, if I'm just like, this isn't like, if I like a property and I'm, I just can't do that to myself. I'm yeah. just like, I'm good with one and two, one and two can stand alone and I will enjoy them for what they are. Right. I'm fine with it. But the, I mean, as far as monster slash action movies go, the first one hits all the marks for me, especially for being quotable too. Poor. Like. Yeah, so, so yeah, I like that one a lot, and I think it has the most governors in it of any movie. It that's does. Ever.
0: My God, you're right. I didn't even think about that.
1: Yeah, so yeah. we've got, we've got those. We've, I think the um, the guy who played Billy also took a run at um, public he did. service.
0: He did. That's right
1: for him because he was. I don't think he was doing well for like his whole life. And then he just kind of went off the rails. Yeah, so. no,
0: he had a bad run there at the end. It wasn't, it wasn't going well for Billy.
1: So yeah, but, um, but yeah. So I have to say the first one is, is all gold stars for me.
0: Fantastic. Well, my goodness. See, I told you an hour we went over. Look at that. Sure. Uh, I think, I think I covered all the bases. Do you have anything else you want to bring up?
1: um no i think we just we talked about basically everything the homesteading um you know we you know yeah i think we covered it (laughs)
0: okay all right cool uh did you have a good time
1: i did have a good time
0: good good that's that's the only thing that matters to me is that the guest has a good time
1: but i did have a good time and you made me feel at ease
0: oh good 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 well, you are, uh, you are obviously welcome to come back anytime you want. You want to talk about action movies. I am always down to talk about action movies, uh, friends. I hope you're still listening. Uh, this has been a, this has been a damn fun episode. I had a good time. Uh, obviously we gave you all of the plugs in the beginning. Um, uh, Rosemary underscore grows on TikTok. Go follow her page, go like every single one of her videos. Uh, she does great stuff um so until next time rosemary say good night to everybody please good
1: night to everybody
0: please <laughs> later y'all